Hi and welcome to the Journalism Salute. I'm Mark Simon. In each episode, we'll talk to or about an interesting person or organization related to journalism. The intent is to show that journalists are not the enemy of the people. Thank you for listening. On this episode, we're joined by Emma Restrepo. Emma is a freelance journalist focused on Latinx. She hosts a weekly Spanish-language radio show, Dos Puntos, out of Philadelphia. She's also an adjunct professor at Temple, teaching Spanish for media. Hi, Emma. Hi, Mark. I'm looking at your list of jobs to start. You've done a lot. You're a little older, probably, than some of the uh, other guests that I've had on, particularly recently. Now, your job's not just in the United States, but in Colombia. Can you give us some of the highlights of the path of your journalism? Yeah, Mark, I'm sure I'm older <laughs> of all the guests that you have had. Well, in my country, this career, the name is social communication and journalism. So my first years practicing or as I graduated in journalism, I worked with projects with vulnerable communities and especially projects founded or supported by United Nations. So it was, the idea was to help communities throughout journalism. And that seems to be a theme throughout your career. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I work for a long time until I have a lot of problems with guerrilla and especially with paramilitarism, which are the uh, ultra-right groups, actually very similar to the ones who went to the, to the capital. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a little scary. But yeah, I work with some social science researchers to tell Colombians about the effects of violence in education. We lost, we have a lost generation in terms of education because of the violence, especially the moment where everything was mixed, guerrilla, paramilitares, narcos, everything. So it was a little crazy time. Was there anything in how your parents raised you that played a part in your becoming a journalist? I think so, yes. My dad used to read a lot, and he was on the path of being a priest, but he liked women very much, so <laughs> it didn't work out. And But in the seminary, he had a good theology and philosophy and Latin education. So I liked talking with him about the, the, the Latin roots, of some words in Spanish, uh, and also I liked, I used to like to talk with him about problems, you know, philosophy, problems, uh, paradoxical things, and and with my mom, she taught me uh, kindness with people, people more vulnerable than I am, uh, and I think that's a combination for me in journalism, curiosity, love for language and, and a purpose. And I think in my case, journalism has exclusively a social purpose. What have some of your favorite jobs been in your time in the States? Favorite jobs in, in the States? Well, I had to survive when I arrived here with a very limited English, still 
So I try to survive as a, a Spanish professor uh, uh, with, with private students. It was a great time. I didn't make too much money still. <laughs> but yeah, and then I, I moved to translation, interpreting, but I used to suffer a lot uh, because it, was, it had a lot of responsibility and, and my English was not as as it was, it, it was not as good as now, but it still is not as good as I want. So I think those have been the, the favorite um, jobs before I started to move into the journalism here as a Latinx. Dos Puntos is a Spanish language radio program. Can you tell us about that and what the purpose of it is? Yeah, Mark. <clears throat> Dos puntos means a semicolon, uh, but also means two points of view. So I think there is a double way here. The idea is to bring issues from the region, Latin America and the Caribbean, and also talk about what happens here with Latinos, or we have created a culture in this country. So my, my theory is that Latinos in Latino America will be delighted with this Latin or Latinx culture if they have the opportunity of listening to our stories. So the way that we live here and Latinos uh, in the United States, I think we never stop being or having traits in our culture rooted in Latin America. So it sounds like a tongue twister like a trabalenguas, but I want to connect those two words, words. Yeah. yeah. In terms of ideas for the show, what are the, what are the things that you, that you tend to come up with for topics for what you're going to talk? I spend an important portion of my time talking with Latinos in restaurants and the streets, buses, all kind of places. Uh, I like to talk with people. I like to ask questions. I'm curious. So that's one of the ways to get some stories. But I'm also, I, I read the newspaper from Spain, El País de España, in its version for American, but not America, the country, America, the region. So I'm lucky to have some friends from from college also journalists all around the all around Europe I will say so my stories come from those three channels do you have a favorite episode or topic that you've done oh, yes yeah I have I have three uh, episodes recently I did one about a Puerto Rican writer uh, based in Philadelphia who calls himself in exile, which is interesting. Um, and he won an award and he talks about the need of, the need to overcome the, the, that culture, that salsa tequila way that we want to portray Latinos. So that's, a, and, and I love his literature, very good. There is another episode that I loved uh, about the figure of Maria Magdalena. Um, an expert woman from Colombia actually told us the real story about this woman. The Catholic Church 
portray this woman as a prostitute and knowing that who she really was and the importance she had is revitalizing for women in our continent. We still have a very macho continent. In addition to the radio work that you do, you're also working on a project related to educational disparities in Pennsylvania. It's a multi-part series. This is part of the Disparities Media Project for the organization Children First. And when I read it, I was alarmed because it talked about how money is distributed. You did one piece showing the benefit of diversity in teaching staffs. Only 6% of teachers in the state of Pennsylvania identify as people of color. That jarred me. So I'm looking at, can you just tell us about that story? Yeah. Yeah, Mark, that's a... That has been a very challenging project. I write in these stories on education and actually I have to write three more about health, health disparities, which is, which is crazy in, 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 in general, the country. And I have a focus on two towns uh, that are simply the reflection of the entire state, a uh, post town and Norristown. Norristown has an incredible um, number of Latin Latinx is practically probably in the in the next five years it will be seventy percent Latinx, and I'm trying to show the human face of this problem, the, this disparity in education right now, and I guess I'm trying to show how it feels when you are born in a zip code that doesn't let you progress. And for the first time as a journalist in this country, I am connecting with the African-American community. And it has been fascinating. Probably the fact that I don't speak a, a, a perfect English, I think makes me closer to them. And I don't, I don't intimidate anybody. And so I'm also part of the community, the, the, the color community, right? The communities of color. and. I am an immigrant. So um, I think people open up easily because of that fact. And I have gotten great testimonies. That moment when you are a journalist and you feel that click. Um, <laughs> yep. So, yeah. What's your process for doing? Of course, I try to read as much as I can about the person or the situation. And... I try to, I don't know if it happens to you, but sometimes people are speaking and you realize that they kind of open a little window. And when they do that, I try to go through that window. And that is the moment when I get the best of the person. I think any journalist can uh, relate to that. I know that I can. Now, you seem to take on a lot of projects that are, larger in nature. A year ago, you were the co-author of 47 Estrellas along a bus route, audio and print stories along a 10-mile bus route connecting Latino neighborhoods in Philadelphia. For one example, you profiled an immigration lawyer who works for the Nationality Service Center right near one of the bus stops. You did another about a soccer coach. What was the goal of that series and what were some of the pieces? The, the 47 uh, is I will say urban journalism series. And as you said, Mark, it collects stories of Latinos living in Philadelphia. 
And what I do is take the public transportation as an excuse. So the Route 47 across, across the city from north to south or vice versa. And the, those two areas have a significant Latino presence. So the goal was, or the goal is to tell the stories that have, have not been told. Um, usually the narrative of Latinos from the media moves between uh, crime or victimization. And we are more than that. I'm not saying that we don't suffer, but, but we are more than suffering. And of course, we are more than guns and drugs and those kind of things. So, so that's the idea to tell those stories. And I think it was the first time that WHYY published in Spanish. And I also asked Sandy Clark, the, the former um, vice president for news and civic dialogue from WHYY, to, on the audio, to do not impose any translation to this, the voices in Spanish. So that was, that made a bilingual story. And I think it was for the first time in WHYY, which, which is pretty much the, the radio for white people. So, so I think it was a great, it was refreshing for, for a community like the Latinx community in Philadelphia. It was certainly different. It was, uh, we are linking to a couple of the articles uh, in the show notes for this episode. Do you have a favorite story from that project? Hard, Mark, because all the stories, I think it was a kind of collection that I, that I, that I give to the city. So it was a beautiful moment for me as a journalist. And all the stories have, all the stories have an incredible other story into the story. But I think probably the woman who, the woman who is the owner of religious store, she sells of kind of saints. So that's telling you the story of Catholicism in Latin America. And yeah, that's one of my favorites, I will say. And of course, the, the soccer player. Oh, he's a wonderful soul. How, do you, how did you come up with the idea for it? With the idea? For the big project, yeah. Oh, because when, you, when I arrived to this city, Mark, I didn't speak really English. The, you know, your language is difficult. And I arrived being... Uh, adult and uh, I was alone I was by myself and so in those moments I will say that you create a family that is very different so my family was the cathedral and my family was the the line the 47 route the bus the you know that was the family that was the the thing that I was interacting. And of course, I, I, I used to take, and I still, I take the 47 route. And I was seeing the differences, you know, the route, you see the, the bus inside, the bus inside with all these people. And suddenly the, the, the bus is American and African-American. And then it is Latino. So the, the, the voices change and the accents and the language. So I always thought that that was a beautiful ex experiment, like a lab. 
<laughs> and when I was already connected in the city with journalists and with organizations, I came up with the idea. So that, you know, just, just an audio tour in the city. Were any of the people that you met at the beginning, were those people that you wound up interviewing? Probably, I think after five years living here, probably six, I met the soccer player. Gotcha. Okay. What's your favorite part of your job? That's a beautiful question, Mark. I like everything. I love to find out um, what's going on with people, with communities. I like to know everything. Um, <laughs> I love but I also suffer at the same time when I have to write a first sentence in a word document. <laughs> and, and I also love, but I also suffer terribly when I'm thinking and thinking and fighting in my mind in order to structure the story. You know, what, what should be the first part, the second part, but the end. So, you know, I'm struggling and that's beautiful, but, but I also suffer. So I, I also love when people, when, when you publish and when people, they change or the way that they think or the opinion or attitudes or habits because, of, because they read the article. So I think that's, that's wonderful. That is priceless. And it becomes a case where you're humanizing, you're making every, the story about people rather than about, as you said, something something else. I, you kind of already answered this, but we'll see if, if it's the same answer. What's the hardest part of the job? Hmm. I, think, I think everything. There is a lot of responsibility in this job. Um, and also, lately, I think, made people to read. I think people just, um, and friends, uh, which is weird, they read the first two paragraphs and that's not enough we need they to read everything what challenges do you run into with your you mentioned with your with the language gap that you run that you might run all the time mark challenges because i don't process english in, as faster as i process spanish and of course in my work i have and more and more i have to process a lot of information in English. And I can understand, probably I don't understand one paragraph. So I have to take that paragraph, put in Google Translator, come back and, and you know, continue with, with, with the process. And now I'm in, in a moment, momentum that I write one sentence in, when I'm writing the article, I write one sentence in Spanish, then I switch in my brain in English, and then I go back. So it is a little like a schizophrenia with, <laughs> with the languages when I write the article. So that's funny. Can you tell us about, about the class you teach, uh, Spanish for Media? Yeah, the, uh, that was the first time that, that this class was offered in a, a temple. Um, I was pushing for these ideas in Salon time ago, and I think the 47 Project helped help it to, to do it. So um, it was like half encouraging students to go beyond to their Spanish level and half teaching journalism. It was a little challenging, 
but I think students were uh, happy to understand the way that we as a journalist create stories, process information, and structure a narrative. Uh, So that was very interesting. Do you like being a professor? Yeah, I like being a professor. I like the the dialogue with youth Americans uh, that teach me a lot, uh, teaches me a lot. And I like to see how generations have changed in this country. I think the students are struggling more than before with different problems, uh, all kinds of issues, economic issues, mental issues. And I, I think it's sad, but it's also interesting to see that process. Yeah. Now, this is March. Uh, March is uh, Women's History Month. We're having uh, women on throughout women journalists. Is there a Latina female journalist in history that you would like to make sure that we know about? Mark, there is a long and sensitive tradition of women journalists in Latin America that are also writers, um, beautiful stories. So I think three of my favorites are Clarice Lispector, um, Elena, Elena Poniatowska, and Nelida Piñon. I think they are wonderful literature, wonderful journalists. And what what are some of the things that they've written about? Uh, about women, uh, I will say that Nelida Piñon, she's still alive. She's a contemporary writer. Uh, she's kind of, for me, like Marguerite Jursenar, but in Latin America. Like she has a, a super whole brain that you can connect everything in, in that brain. And Elena, Elena Poniatowska, she has written um, about all these injustices and classism, which is, which is bigger than, than racism. Latinos, I would say. Of course, there is racism, but classism is the, the, the big problem. She has written about classism a lot in Mexico. And is there a journalist or a journalism organization that you would like to salute for the good work that they do? Yeah, Mark, I would love to salute Nuala Cabral from Independence Public Media Foundation and Sandy Clark from Story Corps and Jim Friedman from Resolve. Can you tell us a little more about them? They have been, for me, women that... I can rely on, that I can ask openly questions, ask for suggestions and advice. And the three of them, well, Independence Public Media Foundation is supporting a lot of hyperlocal media. And Sandy has been a revolutionary for me. She was in WHYY. And Jean Friedman started this Broken Philly and Resolve a project, which has helped, I think, a lot of media and journalism here in Philadelphia. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Best of luck in the work that you do. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Journalism Salute. Please let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Twitter at JournalismPod, and you can email us at journalismsalute at gmail.com.